0: Everyone And welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show on your beautiful day on the Gratitude Radio Network. I'm Neil Haley and I'm excited to welcome the program. First, one of my co-hosts, again, Jen Mogg, Mother of Gratitude. Jen, how are you?
1: Hey, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And I hope everybody that's listening has had a week filled with gratitude one way or another. And we're here to show you some light in your life. And hopefully... Let you hear some beautiful things that we have on our show today, especially one of the men that we have on our show today. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my life coach, Pearl Shorenza. Hey everybody, hope you guys are having an amazing
2: day. I'm so excited to be on here. Um, And I cannot wait to hear more about our amazing guests because it's it's my genre of music. So I'm so jazzed about this. So um, Neil, I'm gonna hand it right off to you. Let's get going.
0: Oh, so am I introducing today, Jen? (laughs) All right, that's that simple. And then- That way you won't
1: be outnumbered.
0: Oh, exactly. Whenever I can get a mail, on the program, I'm excited. I've only had a few when we've done this simulcast, so I'm excited to welcome to the program. Um, musician Josh Gallagher, we know him from The Voice. He was a voice finalist. Josh, thanks for stopping by. And you know, when I start thinking about things, Josh, how are you surviving the pandemic? Because that's uh, a, as a musician, you know what, what yeah. month sixth, sixth month, or where I don't, know, I, I've lost track.
3: Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's been a, it's been some months. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, no man, it's uh, it's been a little bit tough, you know. Um, as far as uh, you know, not being able to play any shows. My my, you know, not just me, not just my tour got canceled, but everybody else's tours canceled right. also. Um, so we're pretty much looking at 2021 right now. So um, we're just kind of all the shows and all the tour that we had booked for this year. We're concentrating on trying to fill those exact same dates with those same venues for next year. And um, it's been uh, it's it hasn't been too bad though. I mean, nothing's been uh, you know, too crazy. Um, but we're, we're
0: keeping the roof over our heads and, uh, still paying the bills. So (laughs) everything is good there. All right. And let's see, that's the, the part of the process is the shift. And I'm sure you had to definitely have that shift and we'll talk about that, but go ahead, uh, Jen, for your first question for Josh.
1: Hey Josh, I'd like for you to share with our listeners where you grew up and how music had inspired you as a child.
3: Yeah. So, uh, I grew up in, uh, Crescent, Pennsylvania and, uh, which is, uh, about two hours east of Pittsburgh. And, um, and uh, man, I don't know. I, I, I How did I get into music? I, I've, I've always been, you know, interested in music, but I guess it kind of started whenever um, – I guess it kind of started whenever I, I, I played – I picked up my first guitar whenever I was 10, my parents got it for me. And um, I don't know where that came from. I just was interested and wanted to learn how to play the guitar one day. I guess I'm the only one in my family who uh, who is – Musically inclined, I guess you could say. I use it. So, um, how so I don't that? really know where it came from. You know, what I mean, I don't, I don't know where the inspiration for me wanting to learn to play music and uh, get into it came from. It just kind of happened one day. But, um, yeah, I'm all self-taught. I started playing whenever I was ten, and, um, and uh, I just kind of went from there. You know, growing up in a small town, playing different uh, little garage bands and little punk rock uh, <laughs> bands. You know, the garage bands that kids do, and, and, uh played in a couple of those and we played around the area quite a bit whenever we were younger and middle school and then into high school a little bit. And then, and then uh, once everybody got into high school, we kind of, you know, went our separate ways. Everybody got busy with, uh, with jobs and sports and girlfriends and all other stuff. So, um, so, uh, but I can, I still continued to play even though I was, I was still playing, you know, I was playing baseball and football in high school. Um, Yeah. So I just always played music. I just never really looked at it as a, as a career choice, you know. what my goal was, whenever I was in high school, was to uh, I wanted to play pro ball because I was I was a, I was a really good baseball player, and uh, I miss playing ball. Sorry, sidebar. But <laughs> but uh, but no. So I always played music, and uh, and I was always I always used to be really shy. You know, my parents would ask me if uh, go get, go grab your guitar and play us a song, and be sitting on the porch, and I'd be like, nope, I ain't doing that. You know, I was always really really shy about it. And then, um, you know, graduated high school and then I went to uh, Penn State McKeesport to play baseball and, uh, you know, took my guitar and all my stuff out there and playing in the dorms, the the walls are, you know, paper thin, they're dorm walls. So I didn't really have a choice but to get over my fear of playing in front of people because, you know, you play in a dorm, it's all echoey, whether the doors are shut or not. So everyone's going to hear you. So that kind of got me over my fear of doing that. And then, uh, I ended up dropping out of school, moving back in with my parents in 2011 or 12. I think it was 11 or 12. I can't remember. But uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life at that point. I was still trying to figure stuff out. So uh, I started playing acoustic shows out around the different bars and clubs around Crescent and Portage and Lily and Glitzen. Um And I uh, started playing all those places and every, every show that I played after about a a year of doing it, every venue that I played just started, kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I did that for about two years. And then, um, in that time I met my, my now wife, Lindsay, we were obviously dating back then. And, um, she was going to Penn state and she said after she graduated from college, she wanted to move out of, out of state to find work anyway. So after about two years of me playing around town and around the area, um, a bunch of my buddies and a bunch of people's and people and fans that I've gained at that point were like, man, you need to go to Nashville. You're too good to stay around here and do, you know, you need to try to do this professionally and at least give it a shot. And for a while I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was, whatever. I still wasn't taking it seriously at the time, but then I was like, well, I mean, I could give it a shot. <laughs> you know, So, so um, so then I, I talked to Lindsay and, uh, and she loved the idea. Like I said, she wanted to move out of state to work anyway. So it just kind of worked out there. And uh, after she graduated in uh, 2014, we, um, we picked up uh, on August 18th. We moved down here in
0: 2014. So well, now we're here. <laughs> no, I, I have to interrupt before I let Pearl get the next question. Yeah. You're going to my old stomping grounds completely. Penn State McKeesport. I graduated from Sarah Catholic. In McKeesport, oh, did you? Up the hill. Yeah. 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 That's where I got <laughs> my, my I, I, undergrad. And then uh, basically also a former professional wrestler. So I would wrestle around the McKeesport area, especially yeah. in the mall and stuff for PWX and NWE. I don't know. That's back in back to, uh, time period. I don't know when you graduated from uh, uh Penn, I mean, went to Penn State and McKeesport, but, right. it was a, but it's a safer part of McKeesport. That's what everyone, you have to let people know. Yeah, there's exactly. There's yeah, yeah. a parts of McKeesport. There's there Port a couple miles down the road, and then there's the McKeesport and then up the hill, uh, Sarah, yep. which is yep. really East McKeesport, right? That's how. right. right. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. That's pretty cool. Small world,
0: look at that. <laughs> yeah, all these different kind of connections. I live in Gibsonia in the Pine Richland School District area now. So okay, nice. That's, that's, yeah, uh, I got gotcha. you. All right. Cool. So Pearl, next question. But so I didn't know the connectivity. I heard Pennsylvania. They always say that they think that Pittsburgh's close to Philadelphia. The problem is it isn't. But it's no, there. it's not at all. It's two different parts of the state. You know, yeah. Oh, you're you, you, I'm from Philadelphia. Um, you, I have a guest that's from Philly. I'm like, so what? They might as well so, be from New York City. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're okay, all right. Probably. Are you from Pennsylvania? Where are you from? Philly? That's cool. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pittsburgh. What matters? You better. Exactly. Be a Steeler. You better be a Steeler fan. You were that close. That's uh-huh. right. Exactly. Yeah. Are you a Steeler fan? Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Here you are well. go I'm, look.
2: I'm really yeah, in trouble terrible. now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: There were definitely we're definitely right, so so <laughs> i'm in
2: trouble now because i'm a bills fan you guys so oh that <laughs>
0: yeah, if we had a real quarterback we would have won if duck Hodges <laughs> would decide just to hand off the ball we would have beat you and then that we might have been. you a know
2: if, if norway yeah. if just got it straight we would have won right but oh we're not gonna
0: talk about the Bills. <laughs> come on i'm you there
2: i'm really aging myself here josh i was sitting here thinking about your mom because as you're telling your story it reminded me of my oldest so my oldest played football, not baseball. Um, my oldest right. had the dream of, you know, going off to college and living, you know, that, that big dream of playing ball in school. And, and as you were telling your story, I remember, you know, I could just imagine your mom sitting there and in that same spot going, oh, now he's coming home and he's going to go play music. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so, um, you know, I've always told my son, whatever you want to do, just go after your dream as long as it's something you enjoy and you love to do. Right. And right. it was funny. You said. I miss playing ball. And he'll say to this day, I miss playing ball. You know, so I just felt like, like, I was like (laughs) in your mom's shoes as you were. Yeah. That leads me to my question is, so how did your folks take it when you said, you know what, I'm dropping out. I'm not going to do school anymore. And I'm hopping after my dream.
3: Uh, well the dropping out part wasn't, uh, wasn't all that great, but, (laughs) 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 but, uh, um, yeah, they weren't, they weren't exactly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were exactly happy with me dropping out of school, but um, no, I mean, see, the, the, here's the thing about me, it's like my, my parents have always, they've always been super supportive in everything and anything that I've, you know, I've wanted to do that I've had an interest in, um, but, you know, going to school for me, the real reason I went to school, to be honest with you, is not, was to play ball, I just wanted to play baseball, but I've, I've never, I was never a, a, a great student, you know, in school, so, Um, it just kind of I think they realized along the same time that I realized that I didn't want to go to school right I think they realized that like they followed me on that like they were like well he's not really interested in doing this school thing so like they were they were upset when I dropped out of school obviously Um, but but what my parents are really really good at is is letting me uh, find my own way because you know, once once you turn 18 and you go off and you move to college, you're still a kid. I personally still think 18 is too young to go to college because you're a kid. You don't know what you want to do yet, my opinion, but whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, you go off to school and, and you kind of figure out what you're doing and what you want to do or maybe what you don't want to do. And um, I think the biggest thing that that is, is good for parents to do is, is kind of let their kid – figure it out for themselves. Now, if they start to go off the trail a little bit, you know, bring them back. And, you know, that's what parents are for. They're, they're, they're there to guide you at that age. Whenever you're that age, they're done parenting. They're just there to guide you and help you move along to, um, you know, better yourself. So they were very, very good about that. Like, they're super cool. Actually, my parents are the best people in the world. I don't care. Like, <laughs> like they're, my parents are awesome. But so they were a little bit disappointed at first. But I think what happened, to be honest with you, is whenever I moved back home, I was, you know, I was working at a a company called J-Lock in Crescent, uh, right up the hill from my house, and my parents' house. And I was playing music on the weekends. And so I had a full-time job and I was making money and I was making a couple couple extra bucks on the weekend. And I think what happened was, is whenever I started playing out, um, there was a huge crowd there of all my friends. My very first show, I played out by myself after I moved back from uh, Pittsburgh, or McKeesport rather, was at a play uh, a co- a club called Sokols in Lilly, Pennsylvania, which is a town right next to mine. And it was the first show I played there. And I haven't played out at that point since I was 13 or 14, maybe. So it's been a long time. And uh, it was packed. The whole place was freaking packed. So like, I think it was kind of like, I think they might have kind of looked at each other and been like, you might be able to do something with this before I even realized that I wanted to do something. With it. You know what I mean? So I mean they were they were super supportive. And then obviously the more the more shows I played, like I said, the bigger the venues got, the more people that they saw were or the more people that I was gaining fans. You know, the more they saw that, they were like, oh, he's kind of good at this. Like so, right. so they uh they completely supported my decision to move down here to Nashville and, and chase my dream and, and um uh I mean Mom and dad, if you're listening, even if you wouldn't have approved, I probably would have still moved down here anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, no, man, they were great about it. They really were. They were uh, They were awesome. They still support me to this day. And um, and it, it kind of makes me – you know, it kind of makes me proud to, um, you know, have a little bit of success so far in my career and be able to hold my own as a musician because this is the only thing I do. I don't – this is my job. You know, I don't work another – so – um, being able to do that one is a proud thing for me, but it also makes me proud because I feel like I feel like I didn't let my parents down. You know, after yeah. I dropped out of college, I was like, man, because like that's the worst thing I think. Whenever you're, whenever you're a kid at any age,
1: yeah,
3: is like disappointing your parents. You know what I
1: mean?
3: Right. So when I dropped out of school, I was like. Yeah. I was like, they're going to hate me for forever.
0: (laughs) They didn't. And they didn't. didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. So I have a story, another relationship. I took, I left school, undergrad, to go be a pro wrestler for a while, and then went back and got my degree. So I was minor league, so I decided, okay, I'm going to go. It's the summer. I'm going to go work. I was wrestling while going to school, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to make the leap faith. I'm going to go down south. The Jonesboro from Pittsburgh and, and go wrestle because I can wrestle every night of the week in Arkansas, Missouri, and yeah. Tennessee. So, <laughs> you know, working every night much better than working just, you know, playing the weekends. You play yeah. every day, you become better and better at your craft. Just oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Got to go mm-hmm. to Nashville where you can play more than just weekend bars, you can play right, a lot exactly. of venues and all over because it it's just how it is. And so I went there and I decided to, to drop up. At the summer, I said, made a call, I said, I'm staying. I'm not going back because it was really not for me at that time. And that's right. the thing that Josh, you brought up that I think is such a great point is that we don't look at the mentality. And I love what Pearl says to do stuff, what you love, but also do stuff you're good at. If, you're, yeah. if you love something, you're not good at it. Don't waste your time. But if you have talent and you love doing it, even if it doesn't bring the money home, it's mm-hmm. something that gives you that passion in that. So it's passion, but it's also you enjoy doing it. Passion, and just work it has to go in between in a lot of ways in the middle but it has to be something that you can make some money but also are good at yeah. it. because if you're not good yeah, at it yeah. why the heck are you struggling doing this and then you're going to be just never amount to anything so I, I, I love that story so that's kind of a relationship I did I went down south wrestled for a while until I became a teacher so but I, I would not have found any of that if I wouldn't have gone on that direction so I got my undergrad then grad master's degree so okay next that's question yeah. so again, i just wanted to kind of share with you josh is yeah the, that's a, the similar that's paths we've had yeah uh, yeah but i did the same thing and it's hard because yeah. you're like oh my gosh you're dream- you're dreaming you're in the classroom when you're not supposed to be in the classroom i've had this yeah and i had those dreams i in the wrestling ring still and i've been retired for x amount of years so there you go right. so was- <laughs> gotcha i brought you on the baseball field as well okay All right. <laughs> next question.
1: You were so funny. Well, no, taking that leap of faith is everything. And I think it's extraordinary that you had such a great foundation. That is amazing because that just gives you, that propels you further. What were some of your goals that you had for yourself after you dropped out of school and decided that you're all in and this is what you're doing and this is the where, where you're going.
3: Right. Um, my, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I didn't, I didn't know if I had, I wasn't sure that I actually had any goals after, you know, after I dropped out as far as like uh, playing music and moving down here. I, I, I mean, obviously I didn't move down here. Okay. So let me, let me just rephrase this. I, so I moved down here to sign, you know, to try and sign a record deal, obviously. Like that's what majority of people move down here to do, whether that be a record deal or a publishing deal or whatever, you know? So, um, so that was, that was my ultimate goal. And, um, And, uh, but I I still didn't, I didn't know how I was going to get to that point because I've never, you know, at that point when we moved down here, I knew I was going to be playing music. I just didn't know how to get in. I didn't know how to get my foot in the door. I didn't know anybody down here. So, um, I just kind of went around bar to bar and, and asked who booked each venue in each place. And they either gave me a number or told me the manager will come out and the manager never came out or the manager did come out. (laughs) So, um. And then I, 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 uh, I met these girls, uh, uh, Haley and Sarah. They're a duo in Steel Blossoms, and they're actually from Pittsburgh, also. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And they moved down here the exact same year and the exact same time that Lindsay and I did. Didn't know each other before that. Just a coincidence that, you know what? You know what I think it is? I think somehow people from Pennsylvania just somehow flock together all wherever all over the world all over the country I feel like that happens all the time for some reason but so I met these girls right uh Haley and Sarah was um with the Steel Blossom and uh they were playing at a bar called Tootsie's and they said to me that Tootsie's does every Saturday from two to six I think it was they do uh open auditions if you want to go uh sing with the house band and uh whether that be sing or play drums or guitar or whatever um and you can go audition and sing or play or do whatever your instrument is. And then, uh, go and give them your information, fill out this little sheet and then they'll, uh, they'll get a hold of you if they want you to come back or if they don't want you to come back and you won't hear from them. So I did that. And then, um, got into there and played there for a while. And then from there, I just kind of, uh, started figuring out how to network with different people, you know, kind of putting myself out of my own comfort zone. Um, which is something that you have to do down here if you're not used to networking and going up to random people and being like, "Hey, so you have something and I have something, let's work something out." You know what I mean? So uh, I had to get over that fear. So I just started networking with people in the uh, in the Tootsie's Hockey Talk Central Rippies organization, and then started meeting other players who played at this other place and this other place, and um, just started doing some more research and using those connections to get to this connection to get me to connect with my producer who I still work with. Now for my producer hooked me up with this label and this publisher and this all the good. So it's just kind of like a waterfall effect. You just kind of, you just got to really put yourself out there and, and do it. Cause nobody's going to do it for you, you know? So you really gotta, you really gotta make yourself actually to be honest with you. I think the best way to do it is to make yourself uncomfortable and really step out of your own shell. And be a little bit forward, because no one's going to do it, do, do it for you one, and two, you just got to start beating down doors, you know? Um, that's just kind of how you got to do it. There's no real formula. So as far as goals go, I, was, I wasn't really sure. You know? I wasn't sure how I was going to get to the goal of signing a record deal or a pub deal or whatever. but um,
1: Did you have and, one uh, song that came across? Is this is like your signature song? This is because you write your own music, right?
3: yeah 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 I do I'm still yeah, so uh no, at the time I did I mean I was writing, but um uh I wasn't writing uh a whole whole lot, you know, I moved you know, I actually learned about the whole writing side of the music business here in Nashville after we moved down here, you know, so I was writing a little bit of music back home before we moved here, but um I didn't realize uh the the whole r- music uh the songwriter side of the music industry till we got down here, so um and they kind of did the same thing you know with with songwriting, i got uh I started getting into these little songwriter groups and circles and started meeting this person and said, "Okay, cool, I wrote this song with this person, and it's good, and I wrote this song with this person, and it was okay, so maybe give them another shot, but definitely go back to this person and this person leads you to that other person who they write really good with, so then they bring you in on a write with those two so it's just and then it just kind of trickles from there so um so yeah I mean i, I, mean, I still I still have I still haven't signed my, I still haven't signed my record deal or my pub deal. We're shopping right now for, for, um, for different record labels and publishing companies. But, um, <clears throat> but the, all the prep work and all the things that I've done over the past six years, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to sit here probably even with you guys, to be honest with you right now, without all that stuff that I learned how to do and, and was taught and, uh, you know, figured out along the way. So um the goal is still not quite met, but I've met a lot of small goals to get me to this point. So,
0: well, it's, I, it's guess getting, so I guess then getting on the voice was something that yes, that go, that helped the process. Yeah, the yeah, arts. that's yeah. yeah,
3: that that definitely helped. That wasn't uh, that wasn't a goal of mine. That just was the that's right it. place, right time.
0: To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so tell yeah. me that wasn't a goal, but it was a next big break to that where you want to oh, go. Oh, yeah. Visit. Exactly.
3: Yeah, man, for sure. So, I like so before I actually got on the voice on season 11, uh and before we ever even moved down here to Nashville, I had I had auditioned the open call auditions. I uh, I did that twice before. One in Philly and one in New York City. And uh they didn't take me either either one, which is fine. whatever. Um so I gave that a shot twice and I was like, okay, well, that didn't work, so on to the next, let's figure out how to get to the next another avenue, you know. So moved down to Nashville. Moved down to Nashville. I was playing at a play. I was playing at a club or a club a bar called uh the Row. It's over in Nashville, it's in Midtown. And um it's a little small place, acoustic set. It was a Thursday in June. I'll never forget it. And it was just right place, right time. The guy that books that place just so happened to have connections with American Idol and the voice. And while I was playing in the middle of my set, he goes, do you want to audition for the voice? And I was like, sure, you know, what? Well, it's not going to hurt anything. So, uh, so he took a couple videos and sent them to his contact. And about 20 minutes later, while I was still playing, he goes, all right, they want you for a private audition in Atlanta next week. So that's just like, that's how that happened. So that wasn't, there wasn't a goal for me to move down to Nashville and try to get on the voice, but it was right place, right time to help me move forward to gain, to, to, you know, achieve the goal that I'm trying to, you know, so. still Adjust- so the goal, the goal still has yet to be reached, but the voice was a blessing. That, that is, that is has helped so much.
2: <laughs> well, you, you said a couple of things are like stretching, you're going outside your comfort zone, stretching your comfort zone. You know, you might not have a goal, but like, don't be afraid to be afraid, right? Don't be afraid. Right, to put yeah, yeah. Into it. Don't be afraid to, you know, put yourself out there. Because if you don't put yourself out there, nobody's gonna know who you are. If you sit back behind the four walls or at a job, nobody's gonna know who you are. So I think that's really awesome because it's a lot of what I do when I coach the women that I coach. Is like if you say and you don't go after a goal, at least try to go after a vision or something that you have a passion for. You'll never know if it's gonna if you're gonna be great at it. So. And right. like you said, you always be performing, like you're at the right place at the right time. If you hadn't been doing your performing that you normally do and just said, oh, it's not working, I'm just going to go here and, you know, play this the set, you know, yeah. who knows what would have happened, you know. Yeah. I've watched um, a friend of mine's daughter, her um, her name is Brooke Eden, she's, I don't know if you've yeah. met her, um, yeah. I've watched her grow up, i watched her, you know, over in West Palm Beach where I grew up, I've watched her go through the whole process, like what you're doing, and like she never gives up, you know, so, the, so to never give up on that goal, even though you don't have that you have a goal. You just, you know, you, you said it twice, get, you know, get, get signed or get a pub sign. So you've got that goal, but you're still chasing yeah. it. So yeah, exactly. That, yeah. yeah. Just to say to go after, I think that's really important that people get that from what we're talking about today.
3: Well, I think that's a, I think that's such a big thing. And I agree with you, I, uh, It's man. It's like, even today, even still now to this day, there's some stuff that I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really comfortable with that, but then I'm like, you know what? I've done this so far in my career screw it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. You know, like there's, there's a lot, there's some things that I was like, that I still kind of have going on right now. i I can't exactly talk about it, but that I'm still kind of hesitant on, but I know in the back of my head that if I just make myself super uncomfortable and go for it, that something positive is probably gonna come out of it, you know? So you just got to make, it's like, if that's the one, that's the biggest fear I think people have to try to get over is, Getting over the fear of doing something—that's <laughs> such a hard thing to do. But if you can learn how to do that, and and you do it over and over, it's just like repetition. It's just like playing, or or, or hitting batting practice, or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just reps, 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 reps. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more confident you get at it. So it's uh, it's I, I completely agree with you on that. All
0: right, Jen. I know what you're thinking. You have questions on the voice. You want to know some of the experience
1: yeah i wanted to know is there was there a scenario of gratitude since my show is about gratitude um that you had that just that just hit you from being on the voice or during that whole time of being
3: uh yeah just getting on the show in the first place (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah, well, yeah, well, one, yes, one, first of all, yeah, getting on the show in the first place, but, like, the the thing, for, you know what, you know what, it, here's when it hit me, that, like, wow, this thing's this is real. Like, some stuff could actually happen after this. Like, it was the, uh, it was, it was after I got, it was after I sang my save song, which was I Drive Your Truck by Lee Bryce, and uh, all my fans and everybody voted for me to save me on Twitter, and it was at that point, because after, I can't remember what song that I sang before I sang my save song,
0: but. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. LensEx enterprise level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. Celebrity Slots, free, spin. free to play mobile social slot games in the
1: likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes.
2: Free to download, free to play.
1: Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download celebrity slots today.
3: Play to the time I got back here. Uh, in Nashville it was seven months um, seven months of filming and obviously that was back and forth we didn't stay out there for all seven months but um, it was seven months of filming back and forth we go out there for a couple months and be back here for one or a month and a half and go back and you know Um, so it was a long it was a long period of time that I had chunk that I had to take out of my life to not knowing whether it was going to help me or hurt me or not you know so that was the big risk that I, that I was taking. But it was like, that was the point, though, was when, my save song. was whenever, It was whenever it hit me, yeah. Because I, like, I was like, man, I, I was like, and it, I'll be 100% honest with you. I was like, I'm going home. And I was perfectly fine with that because at that point, I made it to the top. I think it was top 10 Welcome. or something at that point. And I was like, top 10 out of 94,000 people is exactly. awesome. Like, that's so good.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's
3: so hard to do.
1: (laughs) And you did it. What was your saved song?
3: Yeah. What's that?
1: What was your saved song that brought you back?
3: Uh, I sang, what did I sing? Uh, I Drive Your Truck by Lee Bryce.
0: And that's funny because I had Lee on my show. So I've interviewed Lee. Yeah, so Lee was great. He's supposed to hook me up with. it's not Clint Black. Um, I've already interviewed Clint. Um, uh, Garth Brooks. He says yeah. oh, they might be doing something together. I, and I said, and he brought up, oh, I'll get you, get you, Garth. I said, okay, we'll see, Lee. But no, but yeah. uh, that's funny. That's another coincidence. <laughs> How many more coincidences are we gonna have on the show today? I know. Well, well I know. hey, man. Yeah. That's I, I believe, yeah. I believe things have So.
3: We, we might, might need. There's a reason. I mean, I just, There's a reason. We might need to talk after this. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Hey, hey
2: Neil, I think I think we just need to. You know, you you keep bringing these uh, men on lately, so I think um, you know you're getting that view, that little top table view thing happening more often here. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I don't know how many men we have to count. I, I've lost track, but not that many. It's mostly women. But no. <laughs> so, I, so but, I have
2: a question, Josh. So, um, your your upcoming song. Um, tell us about that, and what's the reason? I love the title. I want you to tell me the title about it, but tell
3: us what, why the title, and a little bit about the song. Uh, so the the song's called "Get Lost," and uh, I just thought, <laughs> well, first of all, I love that title because um, well, I'm such a joke, I'm such a jokester. I don't like, I mean, if I don't know if you guys can tell by now, but like, I don't take a whole lot of things too seriously. I'm pretty easygoing, so I like the I like stupid little phrases like "get lost" because in my head, I'm like, hey, you get lost, get out of here, like that. <laughs> but get lost, like get lost in a song in this sense for my single, um, means at the very, at the most simple form, what it means is you grab your other half, you tell the rest of the world to beat it for however long you guys want to go get lost and get out of the way of everything together. Just tell everybody, get rid of the phones, get rid of everything, whether whatever it is, you know, you go, go on vacation, go to the beach, go camping, go, go to Paris, go to, go walk Sunset Strip, whatever, you know, just get away from everybody and grab your other half by the hand and say, let's go. You know, I need to get like, cause I know there's here, the thing, especially nowadays, it's like with all this craziness going on, I feel like people could use the, I feel like people could use a slowdown a little bit, you know, and that's kind of really what this song talks about, you know, and obviously there, there's very country lyrics in it. it talks about, you know, uh, you know, going out into the boondocks and, uh, all that kind of you know country lyric stuff and packing a cooler full of beer and pitching a tent and all that stuff you know but it doesn't actually mean that you know get lost to me means let's pick up and go let's go somewhere let's yeah. just get out of here you know and i think a lot of, i think i think people could use a lot of that especially now you know but i mean it, especially right now with all this craziness but i think in general i think people have lost focus of on doing that and, and going out and doing different activities and stuff like that with their other half or with their family or kids or whatever, you know, because nowadays this world's so fast, man. It's like, Oh my God. It's just like, everybody needs to just go, just breathe, just chill, you know? So um, that's kind of really the big, that's the bigger picture of the song. Um, but, but it comes, yeah, it comes out on the, September 18th. I'm really, really excited about it.
2: So, Jen, it comes out just in time for my retreat. So, Josh, I do an annual retreat for women. It's a pajama retreat. We show up with no makeup. We're in our PJs all weekend. So, we go and we get lost somewhere for the weekend. So, I think yes. a new song we're going to be adding to our song list. And it's perfect because our retreat is September 23rd. So, you're coming at the right time. So, we'll make sure we, we'll do some well. selfie for you and get some playtime. Yes. No, yeah.
3: tag yeah, yeah. tag me in it, I'll repost it. And hey, you know why you know why I released it on September eighteenth? Because I knew you were doing a retreat. <laughs> 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 add it to the theme. Add
1: it add- to the theme. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that.
0: That's I awesome. No, you're that. gonna wear PJs too? Right? Yeah. yeah. Is oh, what was that?
1: He's wearing PJs right now. You just didn't know it.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, te- I just got out of the woods. I was hunting this morning, but yeah, technically I'm wearing PJs. Right
1: <laughs> Is that what
2: you caught behind you? <laughs>
3: no, that was last year's kill. Um, I didn't see anything this morning, but um, there's always tomorrow. So.
1: <laughs> to what was that, Jen? The bow and arrow and the and the buck.
3: Yeah, yeah. So That's I killed uh, I killed that buck last year. Uh, with my uh, during archery season and uh, <laughs> I actually <laughs> I, whatever I have a I have a bobcat right in front of me. You guys can't see. <laughs> uh, I
1: grew up with bobcats. <laughs> yeah, being on yeah, they they, yeah. they killed it and it was it was in my brother's room. I always yeah. grew up with all that hunting stuff. Yeah. And I love it. I love you it. You get it. Yeah, you get it. then. You get
0: it. So I had a bobcat so growing up. That my it's grandfather good. gave me and I always had it in my room when I was a kid growing up. This is just so strange. But this just, is a weird, this is like what is this like three or four or five? <laughs> yeah, guys, Wait, go, but, but Josh, year. so
2: so I, what I love what you just said, Josh. So I would go visit my uncle in upstate New York and outside of Albany. And um, we would go, we went one time, it was hunting season, and I didn't know it. We are sitting in the kitchen. And he's like, hold on a second. I'm like, what? Because he had all this land he owned. He's like, I'll be right back. And he goes out and he, like, gets a deer. And I'm like, going, what? <laughs> like, he just, I'll to this patio and, you know, grabs grabs the deer. like, he goes, I'll go get it later. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's our yeah. first time ever around hunting. So. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. That's nice. awesome. So gonna I, wanna, I want enough land later. where I can be able to do that someday. Just be like, hey, uh, hold on one second bow okay i'll get later
0: <laughs> now josh i want to take back you said you went to the final so the 10 who was the best mentor on the voice for you that really helped Ooh. you most
3: uh well I, I, that's tough man I, so I, I was on team blake first um and he's awesome that dude's so cool um i lost my knockout round and then i got stolen by adam and um Adam's great too, man. Like they're, I just don't, like I honestly don't have one bad thing to say about any of the coaches that were on there, any of the staff, whether that be guitar tech or producers or catering or whatever, like there's everybody on there was the whole entire crew was just awesome. Um, But uh I got to meet Garth Brooks while I was on there, another coincidence. Um, yes. weird.
0: Well, so you're getting me Garth, right? You're going to Yeah, I'll get Yeah, I'll get you, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll get you Garth too. Hour. Yeah. Me and Leo <laughs> are going to get you, Garth. Show. <laughs> I'm on that
1: show when we do Garth,
3: okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but no, um, Garth was super super cool though. Um, so I got to I got to meet him, uh, Bette Midler, I got to meet her also. Um, she was really really cool, but I I mean I don't know, man. it's just like, I grew up listening to country music and, and, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I, I had my phases growing up. I was like in little punk rock bands and garage bands and stuff. And I still, that's, that music still holds a place in my heart, which comes through in my music with, you know, with all the heavier, distorted, overdriven guitars and stuff. But, um, but I've always been a country music fan. And so, so meeting, so meeting Garth and Blake was just like, wow. I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> what year was that season of The Voice? What year? Uh, 2016 in the, in the fall, of, fall.
0: Okay, season. so I have to remember, I've done tours with them for the last, working with NBC, yeah. radio slash TV tours with the finalists for probably the last three years. Some of the different. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. You get an in interview, 10 of them, and you get them in, like, they give you four an hour. And you're like, you did the tour. You know exactly that oh, tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're on with oh. this station. okay. You four are on for eight minutes. It's like, exactly eight minutes? Are you kidding me? And then you're just like, round robin, round robin. But they all say that. But it's something about people who get on The Voice are so humble. I ask the same questions, and they talk about it, but they never talk about themselves, Jen. This is really true. Every voice finalist I've interviewed, top 10, or even winner, because I had the honor to interview a winner, they are so humble. I don't know what it is. It must be the – just the, how they choose them and look at their specific stories and see their, their backgrounds, because it's, it's important when you're being coached to be coachable. Right. And then I'll throw it yeah. question, Jen.
1: Well, when you're, when you're humble, you're grounded. I think that that's one thing mm-hmm. that's really um, needed in the country. You know, if you're going into country Western or country, I grew up with country Western. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, you have to have that grounding because you're, your music's got to be authentic. Country music has to be authentic. It has to be real. It can't, you know. It's it's just one of those. And ha- you have to identify with the pain. You have to. I mean, it's it's so soulful. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean. So and I and I write a little bit, but um, I, I love songwriting. It's just getting getting in it, getting stuff and getting it in there. Who are some of your um, your heroes growing up in the country? music world
3: oh man uh it's tough to pinpoint just one um or even a couple for that matter to be honest with you but um one of my fondest memories or some of my fondest memories uh that growing up um i remember i always remember going out to uh going out to camp we had a camp out at glendale glendale year round which was about 30 40 minutes away from our house and um, you know it was a year round, so there's there's uh, a part of the campground where people just live there, and then there was other places where you can, you know, you can rent cabins and tent, and you know, back your trailer in. And we had a permanent campsite there that my uh, that my pap had, my dad's dad had back in the '70s. Then obviously my pap died, dad took it over. Um, uh, but, so we were always out there all the time, and there was always country music playing, always through uh, out of you know out of our out of our camp. And, um, I just, for some reason, the, one of the very first country artists I ever heard was, uh, Toby Keith Mm -hmm. whenever I was younger, you know? Um, and, uh, I I just don't know what it, I just, I'm just like, I just pictured the camp and it's just this barn red screened in porch built onto the side of a super old trailer that I don't even know how they backed it in there like just like just like it's like the coolest place in the world but um that's like one of my fondest memories is is of country music out there is is listening to toby keith out there at camp just sitting around the fire or uh cooking hot dogs or whatever grilling eating fishing whatever so um and then we would always go we anytime we'd be driving around or we'd have to go to wherever you know i'd be in the back seat and um, mom and dad were at that, at that time, mom and dad were, uh, big into, uh, Rascal Flats, their melt album, which was, I think was their first album. Oh no, it might've been their second. I think their first record was self titled doesn't matter. But, um, so I remember listening to a lot of Rascal Flats growing up too. Dwight Yoakam. My dad loves Dwight Yoakam. I used to listen to him a lot too, still do. So, um, to say, to pinpoint just a couple of heroes is, is, is really, really tough. But I mean, I, I still, I think. I firmly believe that my country influence uh, you know, strongly came from the music that my parents listened to, you know, cause when you're a kid, you know, you don't get a choice. You just listen to what your parents listen to. <laughs> so, so um, and, and, and in this case it, uh, it ended up working out because I love country music, but um, no, nah, man, my, my biggest heroes, and biggest influences are, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Eric Church fan. That dude can write a song like no one else's business. God, he's good. Um, he just came out with a new single, Crazy Land, uh, I think yesterday or day before. If you guys haven't heard it, check it out. It's really, really good. But um, I love Eric Church. Um, there's some new writers coming up that I'm really, really, really into. Uh, Hardy's a really, really good writer. I like his style of music and his writing. But um, I just, I just kind of have a lot of different influences, you know, that I still listen to from growing up to, you know, to now, but I mean, in our even in our sets though, we still we we cover we do we're doing a cover set. We do a lot of Toby Keith. We do several um, Dwight Yoakam songs, and and uh, so it's just I, I would say those two probably from my childhood are probably the biggest influence on my on my country music career early. You know,
1: right? Have you have you thought has anybody done uh, an album solely on hunting? Like here's all your hunting music.
3: I don't think so. I don't know. That's a good question.
1: <laughs> I wrote a song with Hillbilly Hammer, and it was about him hiding from his wife, ex-wife, and you know, <laughs> hiding from a deer and a deer yeah. And I'm talking to him, and I'm like, "Back it up! We're writing right now." And That's so, awesome. wrote, and I'm like, "Why hasn't anybody done an entire album on just hunting?"
3: Yeah. Maybe I'll be the first one. Uh-huh. <laughs> you already have an idea, Josh. You got to write yeah. it down. Hey, there you go. exactly I, got,
1: right. I got some stuff for it. I love perfect. it. So Josh, um, to build <laughs> up on-
0: The Outdoors the- Network. There you go. There's, oh, there yeah, you go. Perfect. Know. Yeah, yeah, there you go.
2: So um, so kind of follow up on what you were saying. So we were talking about COVID and how it's changing everything in the concerts and stuff. So I'm going to really age myself here when I talk t- tell you what I'm, my story is that I grew up going to concerts with Ronnie Millsap and Conway Twitty yeah. and Kenny Rogers. And that was back in the day that I was the shortest one in all my friends. You could get up to the stage with no problem. So that was back in the day that everybody threw their cameras on my neck and it pushed me up to the front of the stage. Yeah. Right. So, but now, you know, you have such a distance. I'm a big, I usually typically have always gone to CMA Music Festival. I've been, you know, yeah. done all that. and I, Cause I just love that and that support and that, that connection. So where do you see us going? Like you talk about doing next year. Where do you see us moving with the concerts and and probably the restrictions we're going to have with doing concerts? I was seeing somebody showed, I don't know if it was here in the U.S., but where they had like these little pods of people standing in in these little areas. I don't know if you've seen it, but... yeah, so like these little pods and there's like a group of four or five and there's a space group of four or five. So where do you see or where would you like to take your your concerts to try to do that connection and and have that? I loved that connection. I miss that connection going to concerts. And yeah. that, you know, so where do you see, wh- where do you see that for concert music?
3: I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a positive person. I tend to look at the glass half full. That's just me naturally. So in my head, I'm hoping that, I would love to get back to playing full packed arenas and all that. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, but I don't, I don't know if, I don't really know if that's going to happen. I I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. That's a good question. You know, I don't know how they're going to be able to do tours and concerts next year. I know that right now, um, uh, what are they? Drive-in concerts are really, really big. Um, And they're, they're going over really well, which I think is a good idea. uh, You know, as far as right now with all the social distancing and stuff, because, you go to a drive-in anyway, you're in your vehicle or close to it, and you're, you know, six feet, whatever, apart from people. So um, I just don't know how they're going to, like, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to regulate um, people in, in, in an arena or in a uh, stadium or even a theater or, or fair or festival um, without having without having people eventually – just go, you know what? Screw you. We're going to do what you want. We're going to do what we want. You know what I mean? Because, um, I mean, I don't know. You guys have all been to concerts before, whether they're country concerts or not, but, um, especially country concerts, um, people like to party a lot. Like people take, I mean, they'll show up at like, so we would go before we moved down here to Nashville, we would go Lindsay and I and a bunch of our friends, we would go to Pittsburgh every year for the Kenny Chesney concerts.
0: Oh yes. And you you know how those are, man. Like we get, oh, yeah. get there, i have never gone, but we all know about the cleanup process after Kenny does. Oh, oh yeah,
3: oh it's, it's bad. But we uh we we go every year and we get there at seven in the morning and start cracking beers and tailgating, and the show doesn't start till seven that night. So like, country country people tailgate, and they party hard, and whenever the booze kicks in, they like to do dumb stuff. So I, I don't have- know how I don't know how they're gonna be able to do concerts next year um, without having some sort of regulations in place to where you can, you're going to, where they can keep people a certain, you know, group of people in a certain area without having them go without having the booze kick in and then go, Oh, we're going to rush the stage, you know? So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, it, I do, I do wish, and I hope that all this stuff just, it's we weird. can get a handle on it, and we can just get back to a normal life, especially for 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 musicians and, and artists, you know, because I miss. Dude, yeah, we played our first band show since March when all this stuff happened. We played our first band show, I think two Fridays ago. It was all red. It was at Blake's Bar downtown in Nashville here, and it was a blast. It was four piece, just four of us on stage um obviously nobody could stand up tables were six feet apart nobody on the dance floor you only had 90 minutes at a table so they were like you know shuffling different crowds and stuff in but it'd be just to get on stage to play music again even though it wasn't packed full and there wasn't people in your face just to stand on stage and play music again was like it felt so good like i just i wanted to stay there we had four hours to play and i was like let's just stay and play for eight (laughs) Like, just to get back on stage felt really, really good. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens for next year.
2: You talked about the drive-in. I can tell you, a, a group of friends and I, we were talking about that, and I'm like, I don't want to go sit in a drive-in and watch it on the big screen when I can sit at home and watch it. So, I think Josh needs to go show up at a drive-in and just be there live. That's what okay. I think. I pay for that, and we have one right here in Ruskin, Florida. So, if you want to come down, i got a place you can stay. We can hook you up, I'm sure. But that's what I think. I would love to see somebody. Just
1: do- in a man. Here's yes. Venue. You show up and you're there. I'm in. No, on? Just go.
3: I'm in. I'm down. Let's do it. You give me a contact. Yeah. I'll that sucker. So <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm serious about that hunting album too.
3: That'd be cool. I would. I wouldn't. I mean, God, as as much as I hunt, a lot of
1: celebrities yeah. on you
3: know, the every year, it's just my wife doesn't see me. So <laughs> I'm in the woods all the time. So that that's
0: actually a good idea. I dig that. <laughs> I forgot my contact with this one. Um, has does an outdoor show. I forgot who I interviewed. I interviewed so many different people. off the to connect you, Josh. But now yeah. Jed has a question. Um, but I, you're again speaking about performances, pro wrestling, independents are hurting big time. Guys, yep. that only a couple big organizations are wrestling, so they're just dealing the same type of performer stuff as well. And then I could get back to like you know being involved in training guys and stuff because back when I was open to it, I'm just still concerned about COVID. But I'm hoping by November we'll we'll see changes, or maybe a vaccine in October. And I, I bet you don't be surprised that happens that there's a vaccine right before the election. I uh, wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do that. That, I, wouldn't
3: uh, uh, think- I think. I think when November third comes, <laughs> I think when November third comes, everything's gonna go.
2: Oh, we fixed it. That's what I keep saying.
0: <laughs> Weird, huh? Weird. Everything's fine now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. But I don't think that election will be uh, told who's the winner by till 2021. That's another prediction I'll give you right there, right now. I think yeah, we're gonna have uh, no one concede till 2021. That yeah, uh, it's, it's looking a lot like. The election between Bush and uh, and Gore, really, yeah. look, Two yeah. not two people That's really true. not having a strong strong candidate. Gore was doing so, and then Bush like eh, and then it just all went. So we'll see. Yep. We'll see the map. We'll see. It'll be, uh, yeah. it'll it'll be is, interesting. it's going to be good theater for those next couple months. That's all I watch. I mean, sports is kind of like no. I watch I watch politics. That's my uh, sports yeah. to watch right now. Even no, though sports, no, is not, no. It's not fans. It's yeah. not sports. It's Except weird, man. I was in watching in September. I don't care. Steelers can have no crowd. You know, it'll be on CBS. Yeah. One o'clock kickoff. Then, I'll, then I'll be back watching sports. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that, I, was, I was watching baseball the other day, and
3: I, uh, I just turned it on, and it was uh, the play before. It was an out. They just made it out. I can't remember who was playing, but they just made the out, and then they they uh, they switched cameras and went back to. Uh, you know, the they went back to the
0: plate and I was like, Oh, those are cardboard people in this in the standard. Exactly. <laughs> or do you yeah. like what the WWE did with the with the monitors? That's weird. Where all yeah, the fans that, that's watching, weird, them, that was like like that was like a Tron like thing. Yeah, I watched that, them that once. I'm weird. like, that just really you see all the reactions. I could imagine wrestling there and then seeing the fans aren't monitors. That, right. that, that was freaky. I don't know what How they even do that? How do they even do that? They pre-record.
3: Okay, so they're like, all right, this is here's this is what we need your reaction to be. On three,
0: one, two, three. Oh, no, I, I think they're streaming it. I, I saw a lot streaming it. Yeah, a lot. I I'm not I check that. I just saw it sometimes, but I'm not really into it to that point unless yeah. I get back in the ring again. But all right, right. Jen now Jen's gonna ask that final question of gratitude.
1: Well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong right. on that. How's everybody yeah. supposed to have their reactions? Like somebody yeah. in the court, one, two, three, exactly. everybody raised yeah. their hands. Oh my god. Where's your yes, exactly. last
0: <laughs> nice. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's so weird watching crowds and everything, but we'll get there. November. Yeah, I'll
1: call it wrestling in the south. You're gonna have to get up with the times, man. Wrestling. Yeah.
0: yeah, but <laughs> yes. We understand that. I know wrestling. I have good Dusty Rhodes,
1: there. man. That's where I on grew Dangerous up.
0: Just Freedoms, their show. Shout out to them. That they, uh, One was a for, is a pro wrestler, and he's trying to get me to manage other pro wrestlers' management to get them other bookings. So we'll that, see. I, I, I wear multiple hats. Jen, go ahead with your <laughs> final question for Josh before we promote the album. I mean, the uh, song released on. Oh, my gosh. Josh, what
1: was what's one of your favorite songs that you've written besides Ooh. the one that's coming out?
3: Uh, that's a tough one. I, that's a, you know, I get that question a lot and,
1: um. It's all your babies. That's why.
3: Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, right. Exactly. I just like, there's something about like, so you, you mentioned earlier that, that you do a little bit of writing and, yeah. um, you said that that's like one of your favorite things to do. And I, for me, that's my fit. Like, ah, oh, don't get me wrong. I love standing on stage and, chugging beers and playing music and partying with the crowd and like i love that so much but like i love songwriting like i love it so much i love taking an idea from here and figuring out how to make it good and oh this is what the hook should be and then okay well let's put a flip on that hook to make that hook really land and nail and hit you right in the chest and taking that putting it on paper and then writing words and putting those words in a line in a phrase in a verse and chorus and then at the end of a few hours, you're like, well, here's what I have. Like, there's something so cool about that for me.
1: It is. It is. And you're, you know, you're inspiring me on one of the songs that I'm writing. So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, well, cool. That's awesome. In the moment. But, it was uh,
1: very much in the moment. One of my friends and I begged him, I begged him, please never sell this property because it's the last orange grove on on a lake in Orlando. Yeah. And it was, and it was just a beautiful and i'm like please never sell this property and that anyway you just inspired me on the rest of my my song i was doing about orange robes and cool
3: robes. good go write it go write it finish it make it a splash make it I a hit.
1: It's funny because people that aren't in songwriting they look at you like when you're like hang on i gotta write this down
3: i do it all the time all the time
1: like I'm, I'm not add in this in this uh, conversation yeah. i gotta write this down
3: yeah, I do that. Oh my god, I do it all the time, and and Lindsay will catch me too. Like we'll be out hanging out with friends or, or whatever at a party or whenever we could go to the bars and um, be hanging out, BS, and, and and whether I'd be we'd be around songwriters or not, we'd just be you know, and, and I would do that, and she would catch she she's she's good at catching me doing it because I'll just start going like this, like we're having a conversation right now, and I'll just go like this. I'll go. <laughs> Lindsay,
1: That's the. And one. Lindsay's
3: like, like Lindsay's cocktail
1: like, napkin.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lindsay goes, Oh, you're thinking about something. I said, Yeah, give me a second. <laughs> then I was I was like, Or I'll do that or I'll go, Whoa, wait, wait, what did you just say? And then they'll repeat it and I'll be like, Okay, I'm going write that down. <laughs> like Perfect. it's weird. So yeah. So yeah, I'm not looking at you like you're crazy at all for sure. I completely get no, it. No, you
1: understand. You understand. Yeah, I
3: do. But um, I don't know, man. So I've 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 been doing a lot of writing lately. Um, you know, there for a while. Whenever we were doing the whole shutdown thing, obviously, you know, nobody could go out of their houses, and and the whole the whole country was just quiet. And um, uh, so after a while, everybody started getting stir crazy, and then they lifted that, and everyone just kind of surged out and started going out and doing stuff again. Um, and after that happened, that's when I st- I got back into the into the writing room with. Uh, with my buddies and my co-writers. And we just like that whole month off of not writing, we just compiled so many hooks and ideas that we were just rapid. We were just, <clears throat> just knocking them out. And, um, and we're still doing that. We still have a lot of, a lot of really, really good stuff that, um, that we've been writing. But my favorite song, oh man, that's, that's a tough one. I would probably have to say that. Um, So I just wrote uh, uh, about a month ago, maybe now, but, I wrote a song uh, called um, "Bright Side," and it's a little bit. It's it's not a, It's definitely not m- modern, like modern country, like you know, country radio, modern stuff like that. But it it definitely it could be. It's written a little bit more. So the 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 instrumental melody on it is a little bit uh, a little bit uh, ominous and dark, but there's a beautiful the 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 vocal melody over top of it's real pretty. That's one of my favorite things to do. It's like when we're writing a slow song or a ballad or something. I love putting really dark chords or really pretty melodies over top of really dark chords. That's one mm-hmm. of I love it. So that's that's what this song is. It's called Bright Side and
1: I wanna thank you for being on your beautiful day at the Gratitude Radio Network. Um, We've been listening to Josh Gallagher and his single is going to be released September 18th called Get Lost, which we hope all of you will, whether you have a significant other or not. Right, Josh?
3: Yep, that's right. Get out and just get away. Just go get. Get away (laughs) and get. Yeah, get out of here.
1: Remember, (laughs) and I'd like to thank Pearl, Sharenza, our life coach, Neil Haley, my PR guy, Josh Gallagher for being on the show. And Appreciate remember, that. you are blessed, you are loved, and you are sacred. Mwah. I love you. Have a beautiful